Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome to HR Work Break. I'm your host, Maddie Collins, editor of HR Daily Advisor. HR Work Break takes a quick but close look at everything human resources. For any HR professional, it's a must listen. I hope you learned something new, take some advice to heart, or simply stay abreast today's trending topics. Now, it's time for a work break. Happy Friday, everyone. Today, I'm joined by Faith Brinkley, HR consultant at Performance Point LLC. Performance Point is a national consulting and training firm specializing in culture building, leadership, and people initiatives. Faith, thank you so much for joining me today. Absolutely. Happy to be here. Yeah. So the subject that we're going to be talking about today is generational diversity. And one really cool statistic that I have seen popping up in the news lately is that Gen Z is expected to make up 27% of the workforce by 2025. So to have three or four generations all in the same like working environment at all times, it's going to be kind of an interesting environment. So what do you think are some benefits and challenges of having workplace generational diversity? Oh, yeah. I mean, geez, where do I even begin? (laughs) I think the major benefit is perspective. Every generation that's in the workforce right now, we all have our own perspectives, our own experiences, and I think that each of them are very valuable. So I truly believe in the idea that everyone has something to teach and everyone has something to learn, regardless of job status or level. Having that intergenerational mentoring and that reverse mentoring can significantly increase career development and job satisfaction. So I think having all of these different ideas in one room is so valuable. Beyond that, I think having generational diversity can really help a company understand a wider range of their customer base. Have you seen those commercials where companies really try to be hip? They really try to be relevant (laughs) and it's just not quite hitting the way it needs to hit. Yeah. I mean, younger generations can help with that. And I've actually had my boss run by my office and say, hey, what do you think about this? And I'm like, ooh, okay, boomer. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, not to, you know, place any stereotypes, but um, I just think having all of those ideas can really help reach a wider base. And having that hip mentality isn't just for marketing, it can also help with innovation. Bringing in younger generations with fresh ideas can really help you embrace new technologies and create new products that's going to help keep up with the market. Yeah, I totally see that. Grace, one of my coworkers who works on a separate publication within Simplify Media, they're really good at social media. And I was like, oh, like, I know how to use social media. It's basic stuff, but apparently not as well as Grace (laughs) can. I've learned a lot from them. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And we even have... um, My coworker, Brian, he did handle our social media, and I believe he is a, I want to say a Gen X, if I'm not mistaken, maybe like an older millennial. I'm not sure exactly where that cutoff is. Yeah, I'm not sure about that either. (laughs) Yeah, but watching him do social media was very interesting. I mean, he's he's amazing at it, but then we passed it on to uh, my coworker, Eris, who is actually younger than me. He's 23, I'm 25. And so just the shift in our social media moving from a Gen X to a Gen Z, it was crazy to watch. And it's not that one was better than the other necessarily, but there are just some major differences in the design choices. And, you know, Eris uses more videos, whereas Brian didn't use as many videos. And just seeing some of those differences between generations, it really helps keep things fresh. 
Yeah, it definitely does. And like, I'm 27 now. So I'm at this point in my life where I have older millennial friends and I have like Gen Z friends and I'm just kind of like smack in the middle. And it's like crazy, just kind of the breadth of like different opinions and views you get depending on like day to day life, like where your head's at. I have friends who are thinking about buying a house. Then I have other friends who are like, yeah, I'm still paying off student loans. (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy. And honestly, I think that is amazing. I think we need that. And if everybody was exactly the same, life would be so boring. Exactly. And like you said, from a business standpoint, having all those different perspectives brings a lot of innovation and new styles, like you said, with adding more of a video component to social media. For sure. Speaking of different points of view, there is like the general stereotype that older generations and younger generations clash just because they don't understand each other. Do you think there are any like overarching misconceptions about Gen Z in particular that you think have invaded the corporate space that need to be like debunked? Oh, yeah. I mean, I wrote a whole article about it. <laughs> it's, um, it was actually what I wrote about what Gen Z wants in the workplace. Oh, I remember reading that one. Yeah. Yeah. I've had or I've heard so many people from older generations talk about how we are lazy, we're entitled, you know, we want what we want and we want it now. And I would argue, you know, on the flip side of that, I really think we have communication problems between generations. And I think that that's all it is. If we were able to all sit down, be open-minded, because Gen Z has very strong opinions, just like, you know, older generations may have strong opinions. That's the, you know, the different perspectives that we were talking about earlier. But if we were able to sit down and say, hey, I'm not lazy, my workday just ends at five. And I want to go live my life after that. And if you want to work later, that's great. Work later. But don't expect me to because I signed up for, you know, eight to five or nine to five. And that's what I'm going to do. You know, just kind of seeing the flip side, seeing someone else's perspective. Is it that we're entitled or is it that we just don't let CEOs and big companies walk all over us like someone else may, you know? Older generations have that idea of like, you got to start at the bottom and you got to climb the ladder. And while I think that that's fair, I totally think that's fair. That doesn't mean we're going to stand for, you know, unethical behavior. That doesn't mean we're going to let people cross boundaries and treat us poorly just because they're a little bit higher up the ladder than we happen to be at that time. So I think, yeah, just a difference in perspectives. And if we could fix the communication gaps and really get to know one another as people, as our authentic selves, I think we would solve a lot of those stereotypes. Yeah. You mentioned that your boss is very comfortable, like stopping by and being like, hey, am I using this lingo correctly? Is this going to like hit with our audience? Do you have any advice to kind of facilitate that kind of open communication between coworkers, um, especially when you're at different levels of seniority? Yeah. So I don't know that I have like a a step-by-step guide for that, but I just know from my own personal experience, my boss and I, Brad Fetterman, we built trust with each other. And I think in order to build trust, you have to first have the desire to build trust. If you don't desire to connect with your coworkers, or if you don't care about getting to know someone, then you're probably not going to do it. So I think the first step is just kind of finding your why. Why is this important? Why do I need to do this? And you may be hesitant at first. You may have certain concerns. That's totally fair. But he basically approached me and he said, hey, you're human. You're going to make mistakes. I will never be upset if you make a mistake. I will be upset if you don't come to me 
or if you lie to me or if you try to hide it, you know, we just kind of built that trust of like, we can depend on one another. And so that helps when it comes to things like he came up to me one time and I kind of failed as a Gen Z, but he came up to me one time. He was like, my son is saying this term. I forgot what it was, but he was like, what is this term? It's supposed to mean like cool or something. And I looked at him and I said, maybe I'm getting old because I have never heard that. (laughs) I I don't even know. You know, just kind of facilitating those conversations and finding your why and saying, hey, even if I'm hesitant, this is so important. And if you do have trouble, I enjoy finding an unbiased third party. That's not for everyone, you know, especially maybe people who are more extroverted. They're like, nah, I got it. But like sometimes people are more introverted and they need someone to make that initial introduction. Like, hey, this is Faith. She's a new employee. Let's get you guys connected. And then you can kind of build from there. That's really solid advice. And I feel you on the terms and stuff because my so my younger brother is a teacher and my mom is also a teacher. So she's constantly going to him and she's like, Michael, what does sus mean? What does sus mean? And he's like, don't worry about it. Like, you're fine. <laughs> right, right. Because I'm kind of a what I call a cusper. I was born in 97. And from all the articles I've read, that's kind of right when Gen Z began. And then you get the debate where it's like, well, if you're the oldest sibling, then you're more of the Gen Z. And then if you're the youngest sibling, then you kind of get scooped up into the other generation. Like, I, I totally get you. Yeah. So I'm kind of considered that like 95 to 98 kind of cusper right there. So I can relate to a lot of millennial concepts as well. So I'm still stuck in the terms like hella you know, like that's hella good and stuff like that. And so I have to recognize like, man, people, you know, Gen Z's that are younger than me, born in 2000s and beyond. I mean, they're not saying that kind of stuff. So maybe I need to keep up with it myself. Yeah. And with like having those conversations with multiple generations, it's important to know that everything's a sliding scale. Like no one exists in a vacuum. So like you're affected by the people around you. You're affected by how you grow up. So odds are you have more in common than uh, what you have different. And so we've talked a little bit about like misconceptions about Gen Z, but what sort of strengths does Gen Z bring to the workplace in your opinion? I think this may be a little obvious and I may be repeating what other people have said, but I think our technological savvy brings a lot to the table because I mean, we're a generation that grew up with technology. I don't think me or any of my friends, I mean, we've always had cell phones. We've always had computers. We've always had TVs. It's just always been in our lives. And not only did technology exist already, but it was rapidly advancing. So I remember getting my first iPod and then the iPod turned into an iPhone and then so on and so forth. Next thing you know, we're like all Apple, you know, we're all Samsung or whatever your preference is. So I think our ability to just kind of naturally keep up with technological advances, a lot of Gen Z employees work in tech fields and just being able to bring that perspective in the world of technology is very helpful to people who didn't necessarily grow up with all of that technology readily available. Definitely. Something else, and the only reason I emphasize Gen Z with this, is our ability to be flexible. And again, the reason I emphasize Gen Z is because we entered the workforce in a very unprecedented time. The pandemic was a doozy. (laughs) Oh yeah. And I think it's going to haunt us forever. Honestly, (laughs) I don't think we're all we're going to be able to drop it fully. But I know I was in my internship when the pandemic started. And so I had to shift my internship completely remote. And doing that as a college student, 
was crazy. And then once I graduated and entered the workforce, I actually entered in the office and then we had to switch remote and then we had to switch back in the office. So we're all back in the office now. And so the lack of stability, I guess, that we got very young as we're trying to get started, it taught us that resilience and that flexibility and that adaptability that's so needed in today's society. And I would argue that everyone had to learn that. So I'm sure all generations have developed that flexibility, but to have that thrown in your face as soon as you're trying to get your feet on the ground was kind of crazy. Yeah, it's a steep learning curve, especially when the pre-existing systems, like they didn't know what was going on either. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I would argue that let's say you have a 20-year HR career and you've been going to the same office every day for 20 years and then they're like, hey, stay at your house now. You're like, okay, that's an adjustment. We're going to have to adjust. But imagine being in college and then you're trying to do classes, you're trying to work. And and a lot of Gen Z employees at the time had what they called um, the retail jobs. Essential workers. Yes, exactly. So we had literal teenagers going into these retail stores in the middle of a pandemic trying to balance online classes, trying to do that. Then they graduate. Then they try to enter a professional workforce that is currently in the middle. It's insanely chaotic for, you know, a younger person who's just trying to get stable to go through versus someone who's been stable for so long. They've had their foot in the door. They've been growing. And then they just make a shift. The difference between simply like pivoting to just taking like a leap of faith almost with no uh, supports built around you quite yet. Yeah. Speaking of the pandemic and a rocky start to most people's professional careers at that point, we're also in a weird economic period with like a recession looming over people's heads and the economy's uncertain. So what do you think employers can do potentially beyond pay to create financial stability and security for their younger employees? So in my notes, I just have exclamation points after each word that I put, but <laughs> I have things like benefits, like healthcare, PTO, uh, retirement accounts, wellness plans, tuition reimbursement, student debt assistance, with just exclamation points after all of those. But I think all of these benefits that companies, in my opinion, have really started to pull in more to their companies, which I think is great. But all of those things, especially things like mental health benefits, those are things that we're going to look for beyond just a salary. That's going to help us not only save money in certain areas like tuition reimbursement, things like that, but just create that more stable financial environment. Definitely. And I know, I mean, I don't know. I've seen some people who are part of the baby boomer generation and Gen X kind of talking about what they went through during the 2008 recession. So hopefully there's some of that intergenerational communication to kind of like impart advice and stuff like that, too, on top of like the structural support systems there, too. Exactly. I think that's a perfect opportunity for us to find a, a common ground. Yeah, definitely. And this podcast airs on Fridays. I love to close out every single recording by asking my guests what they're looking forward to this weekend. Oh, this is the perfect weekend to ask because I am going to a Grizzlies game on Sunday. So I don't know if the listeners are familiar with the Memphis Grizzlies, but that's our basketball team in Memphis and they are amazing. That's so exciting. Yeah, yeah. I think they're playing the Pacers, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm going to be watching that on Sunday and I'm very excited. 
Oh, I'm so excited for you. I haven't been to a live basketball game since college, so that'll be really fun. Yeah, I didn't even go to a live basketball game in college. <laughs> it's been even longer than that for me, so I'm excited. Oh, that's awesome. Faith, thank you so much for joining me for this conversation today. It was really a pleasure. Yeah, thank you as well. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. Again, I'm Maddie Collins, and thank you for listening. Join us next Friday or whenever you need a work break.